it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello! Welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordane Searles. Oh, are we recording? Oh, I'm Kyle Calgren. Oh, I'm... Hmm, I guess I had trouble entering. I guess I had a failure to launch. Uh-huh, huh, huh, huh. Well, that's the movie of the week. Failure to launch from 2006. Directed by Tom Day, who has also directed Shanghai Noon. <laughs> Showtime. Oh, my God. And his last film to date, Marmaduke. I have seen Shanghai Noon an embarrassing amount of times. It is truly... Don't put your hand over your mouth, honey. <laughs> I have seen Shanghai Noon an embarrassing amount of times. Sorry, I, that works better. Putting my hand over my mouth works better in a non-audio medium, I suppose. Yes, it does. By the way, I'm glad that you're supporting my efforts to start a podcast. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to be very good at podcasting, honey. I'm sure I'm going to be very good at podcasting. You need to get the mic closer to you, my love. So do you need to put it in your lap? What do you need to do? I can just do this. <laughs> you can just do that. Am I making you laugh? <laughs> Some sultry sounds in your <laughs> ear from Kyle Calvary. <laughs> uh, so welcome to... Uh, Bad Romance Podcast Quarantine Style. Woo! It's, it's a plague. Hooray! Um, the, the, the newest episode, well, the episode right before this, Friends with Benefits, we recorded before the quarantine. It's coming out during the quarantine, and there is no indication of the quarantine in the episode, I'm pretty sure. Or if there is, I don't remember it. So here we are recognizing the quarantine. Uh, please stay home. Unless you can't stay home, then don't stay home. If you have to work, hopefully this episode is very calming for you. As we talk about this 2006 Matthew McConaughey, Sarah Jessica Parker vehicle that is one of our most requested episodes for some reason. And It uh, is a very loved, um, beloved movie. It's um, It stars, you know, two of America's sweethearts, Matthew McConaughey and... Um, Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. Okay. You weren't kidding about me needing to get closer to the mic. Okay. Um, hmm. Yes. This is going to be bad on my neck. Okay. Uh, well, get on the floor, honey. You, if you need to get on the floor, get on the floor so that you're closer to the mic. I'm going to have posture like Mark Maron, you won't I? You are a I? tall person. Get on the floor. Get on the floor or get that, that chair over I'm going to get on the floor. Okay. I'm going to open the door and get on the floor. And everybody walk the dinosaur. Yes, this is us under quarantine. Are you ready for this? We are bouncing off the walls. Oh, man. So excited. I mean, I just had a shot of tequila. And, and no, no, I don't want you to think that I do shots. I had tequila with orange juice like an adult. But there was a, you know, there was a shot of tequila in my orange juice. It's definitely more orange juice than tequila. I picked a great time in my life to start going to the gym regularly. It's not even noon yet <laughs> here. We're recording this before noon, which means that I made I made a drink before noon. And no, I do not feel bad about it. 
so the rest of the people in this cast, we got Zoe Deschanel, Justin Bartha, most known as the guy that was lost in the first Hangover movie. Uh, some footballman, right? Some footballman's in this. Terry Bradshaw. Yes, he's very, a foot. Yeah, he does. Who's very hot in this? Who, who does he? Who does he play for? The Giants. No. The whatever the fucks. He definitely played for the footballs. Yes, he 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 definitely you know ran with that. He's um, in the Hall of Fame. Yes, he's very important. Yes, he he ran with that that skinned pig. Yep. Um. So we also have Bradley Cooper, Jackson Maine himself. We have Kathy Bates who plays who? Matthew McConaughey's mom. Why Why did you say who? Um, Bradley Cooper. Who did he play? Jackson Maine. Oh, Rocket Raccoon, right. Uh yeah, okay. Um and uh, you know, we got some other people here. We got Patton Oswalt and a little guest role. Steven, and a great guest role. I, uh, I loved his guest role. Steven Tobolowski in a little guest role. We got Rob Cordry, who plays the gun salesman who people keep on running into for some reason. We get a lot of time. There's with a this recurring gun. gun salesman in this film. Yeah, Rob Cordry, who like I was like, oh, Rob Cordry when he's not like playing a type, when he's just playing a guy, really, really likable. I like him. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a movie about Matthew McConaughey. He will not leave his parents' house. He lives with Kathy Bates and Terry Bradshaw, and he refuses to move out. And that is the big joke of the movie. So they hire Sarah Jessica Parker who is like a getting your son out of the house consultant. You can make a living doing this, apparently. And she basically simulates a relationship. That's this, those are her words, not mine. Where that like incentivizes white sons to leave their parents' house without having sex with them. And she says that like... She usually can get it done in like three dates or something like that. Is simulating a relationship catfishing? No. I mean, she is who she is. Like, it's not like she's like pretending to be someone else. It's that she's. Well, she's pretending to be not hired by his parents. Right. But she's, I mean, essentially that means. No, I I wouldn't (laughs) call it that. She's she's a consultant. Let's let's, you know, put some respect on her name before she kind of like breaks her own rules. (laughs) (laughs) The rules set for her by the script. Uh, So she lives with Zoe Deschanel, which is like a very weird pairing when you think of it, like not just like age wise, but just like how did they meet? How did. How did Zoe Deschanel end up roommates with somebody who was like 14 years older than her? Uh, how did they meet? Like, they couldn't have gone to school together. What is that like? I mean, you know, it's fine. Like, I love living with older people. Like, before I was <laughs> living with, before I started living with Kyle, who was also an older person, I was. Right, thank you, dear. <laughs> I, um,. I uh, was, like, looking for an apartment in Astoria, actually, and there are these two, like, like queer artists that were living up there, and I almost moved in with them. The only problem is, is that they lived even further away from the train than you did. Mm. I, we did live far from the train, didn't we? <laughs> they lived half an hour from the train. Hmm. Y'all lived, like, 15 minutes from the train, so... Um, 
so yeah that's the thing and there's also justin bartha and bradley cooper who were like his uh like matthew mcconaughey's little guy tourage and they also live with their parents and they're just kind of like three bros that are just like respect our lifestyle it's it's a lifestyle choice to live with your parents yeah and like it's and honestly, outside of America, it is very common to have multi-generational households. Uh, the industrialized world is, it is in fact an aberration. Um, I'm also confused as to why Bradley Cooper and Matthew McConaughey are friends with Justin Bartha. Not just because he's a loser, but that is definitely part of it. It's also because they are also dramatically older than him. <laughs> I couldn't tell. They all just look the same. They all just look adult. <laughs> they all look like the same genre of white guy. The same genre Stubble of white guy. and lantern jawed and, you know, extreme sports doing. Actually, as it turns out, um, Sarah Jessica Parker is the oldest person among these young people. Like, she is hmm. the... She is the old, like aside from the parents, she's the oldest person in the cast, which I think is I think it's great. I think it's great that an older woman gets Matthew McConaughey out of the house. I find that to be, you know, yeah, that's pretty good. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's good. Um, so the plot of this movie, everybody knows the plot because this is one of the most watched rom coms of all time. I mean, it, even if you haven't watched it, you've seen the trailer. You know the plot. It. This it, is one of those films that's like an elevator pitch. The budget was fifty million dollars, which I wonder if a lot of that went into the puppets. Um, there are puppets in this film. <laughs> there are multiple puppets in the film Failure to Launch. And the film made $130.2 million, which makes it surprising then that they did not get a sequel, because a lot of these movies do. How would you possibly do a sequel to this? Uh, just He's launched? Another scenario. After the launch? After the launch. No, it would probably be just Launches like another, ago. another person that needs a launch. Another, another launch. Still I, failing to launch. I guess Sarah Jessica Parker wouldn't be doing it, but they would get somebody else. Like, Oh, uh, my God. Patton Oswalt. The oh Patton yeah. Oswalt character stars in the sequel. It's actually <laughs> about, the, uh, about the more stereotypical per- kind of person who lives with his parents. Uh, can we actually describe Patton Oswalt's cameo? Because I love it. Yeah, like, he doesn't say much. Sarah Jessica Parker just, you know, butters him up and says, you have so many interests. You love Star Wars, and you love the original trilogy, and not the new trilogy, before it became all about CGI. And I thought, oh, God. I love the way that she parrots that. You can tell that she was just like, this is what you're passionate about. I was listening. Oh, God. Uh, okay, 2006. When did Red Letter Media do those fucking... Um, feature length prequel wines i don't i don't pay attention to them i consider <laughs> red letter medias for me um i i refer to them as ex-boyfriend media yes because my ex-boyfriends loved red letter media and this is why i'm not with them anymore uh yeah they they have aged poorly <laughs> as have those um <laughs> they those reviews still, they still are aging poorly <laughs> Why are they putting the black actor in the Star Wars? That force. That's my impression. I haven't watched them in ages. I'm just, I'm just gonna get so many like angry comments. Uh, I mean, how dare I don't you know. talk shit about red letter media? I don't know how much like my my listening base actually uh, like pays attention to actually, red letter media. Actually, true story. I once had a patron uh, unsubscribe from my Patreon. They listed their in their exit survey that the reason they. <laughs> unsubscribe was because i said that i liked red letter media once 
years ago. I can't remember even in what context. I can't even remember what I said about them. That is so funny, and I appreciate (laughs) them holding strong in their convictions. I I get it. I understand. Red Letter Media has gotten... This is our Red Letter Media takedown podcast. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, the Patton... Circling back around, the Patton Oswalt character just... That was the type of guy in 2006 that would have, you know, stereotypically been living at home with his parents, like, before they took over Hollywood. And, I don't know, it would have been interesting to see a movie about, I don't know, D taking that guy out of that lifestyle before they became incels and terrorists and 4chan dwellers and whatever the fuck they're doing now. Whatever. That character is into QAnon now. Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm. Yeah, so uh, the the cold open of this movie is, well, I don't even know if it's a cold open, but it's just like... Uh, Matthew McConaughey is seeing this girl. She is there. They're out on a date and she sees this old couple and she's just like, oh, isn't it cute? And then she looks at him, you know, with with emotion. And then he's like, eh, 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 emotion. And so he's basically just like time to get rid of her. And mm-hmm. his way of getting rid of her is taking taking her home to his house and then not mentioning that he lives with his parents and then like having his mom walk in on them (laughs) and it's just like oh mom you know i'm here with a friend and then she of course yells and throws things and the parents are like upstairs or downstairs or wherever they are listening to it (laughs) and then they're just they're basically just like, oh, there's a whole script to it. This is what every woman does when he so brings them home. So they're used to it. That's a pattern. Yeah, it's a pattern. And so, yeah, and we later find out that he just does this. When he's ready to break up with someone, he invites them to meet his parents, which is interesting because that means that he dates these women without ever taking them to his place. And as an adult person, especially like as an adult person living in New York, mm-hmm. I just don't understand how one could avoid that for any amount of time right at all. he's in los An- no baltimore right baltimore I don't, I don't know whatever city they're in i don't know <laughs> you always want to know where things are well i'm i'm always curious because i want to know yes, if they're actually is, shot yes, on location yes it is baltimore okay i want to know if they're shot on location or done in you know a studio set because ultimately that would characterize you know uh i think that has an impact on on the final film honestly it explain that um it adds a documentary quality to a narrative feature for me. As all fiction films have a, a, a documentary quality to them. They're all, like there's a Godard quote, every film is a documentary about its actors at the time that they're working. Hmm. That's very um, beautiful, honey. So glad that we have a Godard quote in this episode on <laughs> this Failure to Launch. <laughs> We're um, really getting our, our browser getting higher. Thank you, honey. I'm starting a podcast soon. <laughs> we um, but browse it, held high the podcast. It'll be on pa- it'll be on Patreon and stuff. And, and you can yeah. take that Patreon link and you can put it into your Apple Podcasts and you can listen to it. You know, like all your other podcasts. Oh, we, oh, you can do that. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. I didn't know you yeah, could do that with that's podcasts. That's how people listen to like bad the bad romance bonus episodes and stuff. They can just stick it into Apple Podcasts and some other. I think some other apps let you do it too. Once Spotify lets you do it, we can really party, but it, they don't right now. Huh. Um, that is good to know. Yeah. Anyway, what was I talking about? Uh, Gadar. Um, um, so. All right. Uh, doc, I'm fascinated by um, f- 
films that do location shooting because I mean, it is kind of a document of the architecture of the time, the city as it looked at that time. And um, I think, you know, the character of a lot of, of cities will inform the story. It will, like, inform how we see these characters, like what kind of environment they live in. I mean, just our talk right now about um, whether or not the Matthew McConaughey character could get away with doing this in New York, like not having having dates, then not taking them back to his uh, apartment in New York. It's impossible. No, or yeah. less, maybe even he might be able to get away with that in a larger, like broader city like Los Angeles, which is all car based and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but anyway, um, yes, I'm fascinated by where films are shot and set. More so than who's starring in them, usually. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Uh, so Matthew McAhaney? McAhaney. So... How do you say his name? Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, a little snapshot of his life. He chills with his friends. He lives with his parents. But I think that the problem isn't just that he lives with his parents. It's that he like lives like he's still in high school with his parents. And what I mean by that is like, like uh, when, when Sarah Jessica Parker gets hired by Kathy Bates and Terry Bradshaw, uh, you know, she, uh, they also get instructions from Sarah Jessica Parker on how to conduct themselves, like how to help with the push out. And one of the things is that, that Kathy Bates has to stop, doing everything for her son so there's a scene where she's just like okay the bathroom needs to be cleaned and then there's a pause and she's just like i left all the cleaning stuff there for you and it's like you're out of all of these things so the gross here's where the grocery store is you know here's how much you'll need you need to go down there like she's essentially like oh your clothes are dirty okay well i left the stuff for you to wash it you know here's how you use the washing machine or like she just says things like that which leads me to believe that this nigga was not washing his own clothes he wasn't going to the store for himself he wasn't cleaning his own bathroom now i'm sorry this is a grown ass motherfucking man like he like there is no reason why he shouldn't be doing these things anyway. Well, so, so the I, problem honestly, isn't just that like he's there; it's the fact that he's not pulling his weight at all. Yeah, I mean he's he's thirty five in this movie. He spent thirty five years on this earth. How do you even accidentally not do your own laundry once? <laughs> like I truly do not get it. I was watching my mom's scrubs. My mom was a nurse for, for many, many years, for like three decades. I was washing her. I, got, I learned how to wash my mom's scrubs when I was a kid so that when her scrubs were sitting on the washing machine ready to be washed, I knew what to do. I knew how to dry it. I knew that they couldn't be folded. They all had to be hung up. And if they ever got folded, they would get creased in the wrong way. Like, I learned all these things as a child. And you're telling me that this nigga couldn't do it. I don't believe that. Well, in his defense, he is a fictional character. That's not his defense! <laughs> um, <laughs> in his defense, he is a fictional character written to be a reductio ad absurdum of certain uh, American male behaviors present at that time, which are still present, to be fair. But he is clearly an amalgam of several different um, real-life 
shitty man children. He just has all of these things going wrong with him because it is a Hollywood movie and it has to appeal to a wide audience. And so uh, someone's boyfriend probably has done at least one of these stupid fucking things multiple times. Uh, so it's, yeah, it, it's very weird because like later, because of course Sarah Jessica Parker falls in love with him because that's how these movies go. Uh-huh. If I were going to fall in love with him, I want to make sure I want to wa- watch him wash a load of clothes. Like that would be like a necessary moment for me. I'd have to wash, watch him wash his bathroom. Like I don't. He washes himself, right? I mean, it, it remains to be seen. Maybe Kathy Bates just like hangs out, like sitting on the toilet with like a bucket, <laughs> just like just sponge, giving a sponge bath to Matthew yes. McConaughey. Yes, and maybe, maybe, and maybe some people are into that. <laughs> I mean, the guy does extreme sports. I mean, you'd think he would shower. <laughs> I mean, after knows? like rock climbing maybe he's just and mountain like biking, incredibly sweaty. <laughs> That's my mask. That's just the layers of musk <laughs> built up for 35 years on this earth. <laughs> Water. Why would I put the thing that I drink on my body? <laughs> <laughs> and that is my character, Slob Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I'm not um, sure the mic picked that up. I was using a lot of vocal fry. <clears throat> uh, so he also has like... Um, like a little like a little nephew but it's not actually his nephew as we find out and since you're not watching the movie we can just do the spoilers the the nephew of uh, Jeffrey played by Tyrell Jackson Williams who is the little brother of Tyler James Williams who's known for like we everybody hates Chris and um the Dear White People movie. Very, very talented man. Uh, so this, and this young man is also really talented. Loved him a lot. Like, hope to mm-hmm. see him in more things. But Jeffrey, it turns out that Matthew McConaughey was engaged to a woman and she died. And it, that was about, I think, two years before the start of the film. And he's just been kind of on autopilot ever since. And he still spends time with Jeffrey because, you know, that he was going to be Jeffrey's dad at one point. And that's actually really, really sweet and a really great backstory and a really great explanation for why he's at home. But also, it means that a black woman had to die. (laughs) For this plot to happen, and I have to say that, uh, yeah, I have to say that, like it's, it's uh, Hollywood, it's upsetting. <laughs> hey, Hollywood, fourteen years ago, uh, what? <clears throat> like it, it's it, it's nice that they have this like black child and the plot, this blindingly white story. It's nice <laughs> to have a nice black child, but what would have been even better is not even just that. Like you can keep the the fiance dead, but what if the Sarah Jessica Parker role was played by? wait for it another black woman (laughs) Mm -hmm. like what if matthew mcconaughey just really likes black women why can't that be part of the plot i i just i don't see why like i mean and to be fair uh, okay i can't remember this um how did the parents meet sarah jessica parker 
I don't. Like, did they hire her? No, uh, Stephen Tobolowski. Um, is like one of their friends and he says, oh my God, we're going on vacation. And, and him and his wife are like all touchy and grabby on each other and like want to fuck them. They're just, and it's like a whole thing where all the parents are complaining about their kids who won't mm-hmm. leave home. And then Stephen Tobolowski and his wife are just like, well, our kid just left home. And so we are going to fuck like, and it's like a whole thing. It's like, oh, and how oh, did no, that wait, happen? So Tobla- was it Tobolowski? Tobolowski okay. gives them like the reference to seek out Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay, so it's Tobolowski's idea to, yes, to hook him up with a white person from that HBO show. What's, yes. it, what's it called? John Adams. <laughs> what? This is my new character, guy who doesn't know obvious pop culture oh, references. Oh, yes, this is <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker and John Adams. <laughs> she was great as John Adams. <laughs> she was fantastic as John Adams. She was wonderful, you know, defending really the, the perpetrators. performance. <laughs> defending the perpetrators of the Boston Massacre. She was great at that. The prosthetic work on that was <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Just really top-notch. Um, anyway, so they start to date, and of course, they have really great meet cute in like this like furniture store where she's just like hanging out in a recliner, and you know she's just reclining, and then he reclines next to her, and you know they're just like talking, and the the conversation that they have in the movie is actually really good. Like I like I felt like they were really getting to know each other. I felt like they were really building something, except when you know McConaughey does his whole deflection thing, which is like. His whole way of, you know, never falling in love with anyone again, especially not another black woman because we don't see any. Anyway, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that so while that's going on, Zoe Deschanel is is having a very important journey, and it is she is trying to kill a mockingbird. She's literally <laughs> trying to kill a mockingbird. Yes, a character in the film actually tries brings this up. Which like, makes me wonder if they didn't make it a mockingbird specifically so they could make that joke. Oh yeah, no, that was totally a setup for to kill a, to kill a mockingbird. See, joke. the mockingbird is outside her window, and the mockingbird makes little bird noises, and she doesn't like the little bird noises because she's a psychopath who hates birds. She. she why well, does like, she hate birds? It's weird because like she wants to kill the bird and <clears throat> then she'll talk to someone about it and then they'll just be like, you know, they're like it's one of nature's greatest treasures. And she's just like she's just like, fuck it. Wasn't the metaphor, like the central metaphor of the novel to kill a mockingbird about how vile it was to kill something that only wanted to sing and give you joy? <laughs> I mean, it has been a while since I've read the book, so um <clears throat> anyway. So, Zoe Deschanel wants to kill a bird. She wants to kill a bird. Oh, so this is a great time to talk about goth Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> so for the beginning of her career, kind of before she got the jump off as like this quirky girl, Zoe Deschanel played mostly goth characters. And this really? is and this is something that for some reason has been lost to time, I guess, because of the rebrand on her was so extreme but it's important to mention like this is a woman who was married to the lead singer of death cab for cutie like she wasn't married (laughs) to like the lead singer of like i don't know the like the counting crows like she wasn't (laughs) she wasn't like 
death camp for cutie of like a band that's known for like depressing like tweens like like that was that was who she was with so you know an almost famous she's basically goth i would say yeah um Manic, which is like an early like movie, is a it's literally a movie about troubled, angry, violent kids. Um, in The Good Girl, she plays a goth that works at the store with Jennifer Aniston, and she basically spends her entire job just fucking with people. There's actually a great scene in The Good Girl where her job is she works at the makeup counter and she gets bored all the time, so she just starts like caking makeup onto this woman's face and making her look terrible and then when she gets the mirror she's just like this is what we call Cirque de Face it's called Circus of the Face (laughs) (laughs) and just like fucking with people (laughs) was like her whole thing um She's kind of goth in The New Guy, which is a movie that we will do on this podcast again. And um, All the Real Girls, where she plays a very jaded person who falls in love, you know, and it's it's a bittersweet love story. She's also a goth in Elf. Um, So, yeah, um, (laughs) she's basically a goth for a good bit of like the first... 10, 15 years of her career. And we've just forgotten about and we, it? And people <clears throat> have just chosen to forget about it. It's really huh. weird. I think it's, I think around like 500 days of summer, everybody kind of just forgot that. But she, most of the characters that she played were like angry and sad and annoyed with everyone for a long time. And I think, hmm. and when I grew up, I was actually like really inspired by that. Like she was like my goth inspiration. I loved Zoe Deschanel growing up and the version of her now, the new girl one is also good, but she was a different person before she was just kind of rebranded as something that she actually wasn't, which happens a lot in media. And I just wanted to point that out (laughs) that Zoe Deschanel was a goth. Um, So anyway, so she wants to kill this bird, and it's hilarious. And <laughs> no, just, it's not. And she just like I'm spends, very protective of this bird. She just spends a lot of the movie like trying to get weapons, which is how she ends up with Ron Cordry, the gun salesman, who doesn't want to sell her a gun because he does not want her to kill the bird. And also, would he you sell Zoe Deschanel a gun? No. <laughs> And it's also like he mentions that it's protective wildlife, so it's, so mm-hmm. it's actually illegal for her to kill the bird. Uh, I like this. More representation of people not giving <laughs> guns to psychopaths in films. <laughs> um, so she... Uh, <laughs> So there's also like a side plot where Justin Bartha finds out that what Sarah Jessica Parker's job is and that she's not actually really dating Matthew McConaughey. She's doing a job and they he finds it out because he catches her on the date with Patton Oswalt. Um, <laughs> and so what he decides is that he wants to date Zoe Deschanel and Zoe Deschanel wants to date Bradley Cooper because she thinks that he's more attractive. And I mean, to be fair, he is, um, but mm-hmm. she does not get Bradley Cooper. She's stuck on a date with Justin Bartha and she spends a lot of like the early scenes with him, just like being a piece of shit. And then they start fucking. And then the sex is good. (laughs) And then they start basically secretly dating. Like, it's revealed that they're dating to everyone near the end. But they spend a lot of it secretly dating. And he also tries to help her kill the bird because he wants to keep getting laid. He offers her 
his BB gun. He does. That is not a euphemism. Um, <laughs> and they actually get the bird and they do CPR on the bird. There is the a bird, bird puppet. The bird puppet, man. There's They do CPR on a bird puppet with a little inflatable chest. So when they breathe into its beak, the chest <laughs> Someone in props worked on that. For this film, for failure to launch, uh, yeah, and bird that's, puppet, and that's failure to launch, only, item list. Uh, so yeah, failure to launch actually has like a couple animals because there's also <laughs> right. um, there's also a squirrel, mm-hmm. and uh, they they the boys they like to do a lot of like rock climbing and like hiking and stuff. So they keep on running into this squirrel and have like yeah. squirrel hijinks. There's a squirrel puppet. There's also a laughing lizard at some okay. point. Okay, <laughs> the lizard. I need to describe how this scene goes down. Matthew McConaughey is very manishly, very manishly climbing a cliff face. Mm-hmm. He has his hand in a little crevice. There is a lizard puppet in the crevice. The lizard puppet bites Matthew McConaughey's finger. McConaughey says, ow, and he falls down. And as he's falling down, the lizard puppet laughs. Yes. Like like Muttley in Wacky Races. You know, he laughs. Like, he laughs just like the rat that like leads <laughs> that leads Crybaby <laughs> directly to the police. In Crybaby. <laughs> like, I had forgotten that scene in Crybaby. Thank you for reminding me of that scene in Crybaby. It's a great scene because it's like he he like get he like tries to he's escaping from prison and then he gets underground and then there's like a little rat and he's just like oh the little rat oh my god you're trying to help me thank you little rat and then the rat just is the rat is a cop the rat ends up being a cop welcome to our john waters podcast <laughs> i mean it's an it's an amazing scene and it should be mentioned at at any given opportunity this is true there this is, is true. there is also a dolphin puppet <laughs> and i don't right. even remember where the dolphin comes in but this this film like they're scuba diving or something yeah no they're surf they're surfing like they're in a, they're on the so, on the, in the water. What is it called? Ocean. Yes. Yeah. I forgot the word for ocean. Yep. Um. Uh, they're in the ocean. They're on surfboards. Like, how do you surf? There's no waves. And then a dolphin comes and like grabs McConaughey by the foot. Or I something. love your McConaughey voice. You like my me. McConaughey voice? Yeah. I could just keep doing this McConaughey voice. I can say anything in this voice. You want me to? You want me to say something in my McConaughey voice? Yes. What do you want me to say? You're so sexy. Yeah, so sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's interesting that Failure to Launch is a movie that's considered to be bad and also beloved. But if I were to guess, like, what the main issue with why this isn't, like, considered a classic in, like... You know, and the terms that we think of, like, my best friend's wedding in, mm-hmm. um, it might be because of all of the animal hijinks. <laughs> it's very, it, it, it puts the movie in a different category immediately. And it's kind of weird because it just seems like the movie was afraid of doing side plots that were emotion-based. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to have animal side plots 
And I don't know if this was like this director getting ready to do Marmaduke four years <laughs> later or like w- like what is going on really Actually, because isn't- the animal stuff really doesn't fit with what this movie is about at all. They try to make it fit though. Isn't there like some like uh, conversation between McConaughey and his uh, McConaughey bros about um, a man nature must be having it out for me. I got to change my ways. This lizard bit my finger. I better move out of my parents' house. You know, some shit like that. <laughs> like It's flimsy, yeah. but they, they make an effort. Yeah, I just, and I don't know, like, what the screenwriters were thinking. Like, it's very hard for me to understand. It's like they didn't trust the sentiment of the movie, and the sentiment is very rich. Like, there is a rich story there. This is a man that's dealing with, you know, like, loss and trauma, and, you know, there's even this, like, black child who, like, (laughs) doesn't, who's amazing in every scene that he's in, but he doesn't have really, like, a plot, then it's like, what if we like spent time with this kid, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe this kid likes a girl or likes a boy or something like, I don't know. There was things that could do. And like, we could spend more time with Zoe Deschanel and Justin Bartha, not bird related though. Just like them being in a relationship. Like, it, <laughs> I don't know. There were so many ways to like go about it. And it just seems like they were just so obsessed with these like wacky animals. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there's nothing like I'm trying to, I'm, I'm grasping for the metaphor and I just don't really see it. And I think that that's really the film's like only real weak point. I think that the chemistry between McConaughey and Sarah Jessica Parker is very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they make a very attractive couple. And I, you know, and I believe that Kathy Bates and Terry Bradshaw are Matthew McConaughey's parents. Like, I believe that <laughs> vividly. Like, it, it's good that they got some, like, kind of, like, country-flavored people to be his parents. Because sometimes mm-hmm. they'll, like, make Matthew McConaughey more Caucasian. Like, by just, like, putting glasses on him and, like, making him seem like a city boy when it's so obvious he's not <laughs> like well what city houston <laughs> that's not um, a city boy that's a country <laughs> boy it doesn't matter right. what city you are in in texas you are a country boy mm-hmm. um so, it is weird the way americans talk about themselves <laughs> i mean i'm a country girl i just i don't sound like one but i am one and i always am gonna think of myself that way hmm. um so <laughs> you know there's not like a ton to say about this movie in terms of like the plot and everything. You know, they they he He doesn't launch. He can't launch. He How's can't. he gonna launch? We gotta get him to launch. And then you know? He, you know, there's a whole like breakup thing that happens and then and then basically the cute thing about the movie is that at the end everyone comes together to get them back together. Like everybody's like, even the kid is in on it, where they're just like, No, we have to do this. He was so happy. We have to take care of it. And then they then they do. And it's very It should sweet. be mentioned there is rope involved in this. Oh yeah, they get tied up. <laughs> they tie they tie McConaughey. I can't say his fucking name. They tie McConaughey to a chair. And just lock him in a room with Sarah Jessica Parker. And they just tell him, work it out. Which is a great idea. Yeah. If you're, if you need a third act and want to finish a script on time. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, and there's also the thing with like boats. Matthew McConaughey loves boats, which right. I which is like a very like that's a very down home man kind of thing. So mm-hmm. so that's good. Even though he's it's like yachts. It's like they can't just like let him like a just like a fucking sailboat. It has to be fucking yachts. Uh, yachts. It's like <clears throat> how can he even afford to like he works with the yachts, but like like the family, they have a home, but it's because the parents are retired. That home is like not lavish or anything. Why is he fucking around with fucking yachts? <laughs> what does he do for a living again? Or is that the point of the He's movie? He's like a boat. He works at the <laughs> boat yard. Okay. That's his job. His job is literally taking care of the yachts. Okay. <laughs> so he's employed. All right. Did you not know that he was employed? I I. I've forgotten so much about this this movie except for the puppets. I mean, uh, okay, I'm that's a, kind of the honey, issue with this movie. Yeah, honey, I'm a stupid nerd. If there's not like a vampire or an alien or some shit like that, I've just I don't know. Uh, it is it is so funny how fast Kyle came back into the room this morning when he saw that I was watching Spaceballs. <laughs> like I, I was watching. Hot I haven't seen it in ages. I it's was part watching, of my you know adolescence. When I was watching Hot Shots, you left the room because it's like oh military jokes, whatever, and. <laughs> The moment that it's like, oh, space jokes. I have seen Spaceballs many times as a child. I've never seen the Hot Shots movies. But also true. But also (laughs) it is true. Um. So I don't know if you were expecting a really long episode, but there's just not a lot to say about Failure to Launch. Like, it's perfectly fine. I do think that it's basically the same genre of movie as Step Brothers and Night at the Roxbury, where it's just like white guys won't leave home because they're dealing with some kind of like emotional stagnation. And mm-hmm. the only difference is that those movies are about brotherhood, whereas like this is about like romantic relationships jutting you out. And in those, it's like brotherhood like pulls through. Maybe if Matthew McConaughey had like a brother like played by like Josh Lucas or something (laughs) and Josh Lucas was the main guy in sweet home Alabama. So he'd actually be a really great um, pairing with McConaughey. Um, Hmm. Maybe then like people would remember this movie like for being good aside from remembering it for having a premise that is, I don't know why this premise is considered like controversial or like a talking point, like not even cause it's just like, um, one possible angle mm-hmm. it does place the onus on a man's maturity on the female on the woman in his life it 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 puts that um it puts that burden on you know his romantic partner to get him to mature which as i understand is a heavy burden on a lot of women who have crappy men in their lives who you know are dependent on their families too much and don't think of themselves as adults. Anyway, I didn't like this movie. Any, I feel like any <laughs> response to that is going to be... <laughs> I don't think that I can respond to that at all. <sighs> anyway, this is a movie about a guy who can't get out of his house. And so wherever you are, um, I, I feel you. I also can't get out of the house right now. Yeah, I can't get out of the house either. Uh, We've all failed to launch. It's kind of like a whole thing Mm -hmm. that the entire world is dealing with. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
So what's with, up, Capital Wasteland? So maybe you know, uh, watch failure to launch. You're inside. Yeah, we're all inside. Might as well. It's not gonna upset you. It's not going to offend you unless you like care about the welfare of animal puppets um, yeah, or birds. Actually, um, Fly Away Home is on Criterion Channel right now as I record this. It's a lovely movie about a girl and her geese. It's it's a nice movie about uh, you know a girl and her her geese and yes. she's nice to the geese. Lil Anna Paquin and her geese and her hot dad Jeff Daniels. Yep, they all they just build a plane and teach him to fly stuff. It's a just just sweet movie. The, the geese. Or or watch Failure to Launch, whatever. We're not gonna we're not here to tell you what to do. Do whatever you gotta do. Yeah. So this has been the Bad Romance Podcast. You can listen to us on all the apps. And if we're not on one of the apps, please let us know and we will get on that app as well. You can go to Apple Podcasts, give us, you know, a five star review on iTunes, really like it. You don't even have to say anything. Just give us the five stars. <laughs> it would be really great to do it because we would love to like you know, get a little bit higher in that ranking. We would love to get higher in the ranking. We we work very hard and we deserve it. Um, our theme song is done by Clutch Douglas. You know, listen to them. They're a great band. They're very interesting. Um, you know, we got more episodes coming to you. We have our bonus episode. Our bonus episode in the smut is already up and. The movie this month is The Boy Next Door, starring Jennifer Lopez. And oh my God, I love that movie. And the and the first edition of The Iliad. I love the first edition <laughs> of The Iliad that he gives to his next door neighbor so who teaches high school English. So check that out if you're if you're pledging eight dollars or more. That's available to you, um, and. We love you. Please take care of yourself. Please don't be too hard on yourself. You know, it, these are trying times. Love yourself. Have some water. Maybe change out of your pajamas at some point. And exercise if you're at home. Exercise. Yeah, there's important. a lot of like home exercise videos on YouTube. Do what you need to do to feel good and try not to let the news weigh you down log out of twitter sometimes it'll still be there when you come back log out we love you i'm jordan searles i'm kyle calgren bye yeah